Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today on the show, we have Clara McCarthy, who is talking to us about the power of networking, and how to maximize your LinkedIn presence. Clara works as an enterprise account director with LinkedIn. She's been working with LinkedIn for nearly 10 years. And this episode is pure gold, as I like to say. You are going to get so much out of it. Clara talks about her experience in leveraging networks to create career opportunities. So enjoy the show. Thanks for hanging out. Welcome to My Millennial Career. My name is Shelley Johnson. I'm a HR person, professional, You're still consultant. professional. One I of reckon. those. One of, choose your own adventure. Depends on the day, perhaps. That's right. It does. <laughs> and it's Friday. And we always seem to hang out on Friday. We do. So today, got a great episode coming up for you. But first, Em... Who are you? Tell me about you. Yeah, so I was going to say, and are you going to forget about me? You're just going to roll on? I'm just going to monologue for forever. I am Emily Bowen and I work for a business called Forsyth's Recruitment and HR. There we go. Now, you're right. So we're meeting uh, or we're speaking with rather uh, a friend of mine, Clara McCarthy, who I have come to know through work uh, because she's actually an enterprise account director at LinkedIn, which sounds very, very fancy. Clara, how are you? Hello, I'm well, thank you. How are you, both? Really good. So good. Great to see you on the screen. Clara, are you in, you're in Sydney? I'm in Sydney, yes, yes. in uh, sunny Sydney today. Beautiful. And still working from home? Still working from home. Six months last week, I think. So, wow. uh, yeah, if you had told me at the start of January that I would spend six months at home, I would have told you that you're absolutely crazy, but... um. I've adapted and I'm quite enjoying it, especially with the with the nice weather. Managed to get a lunchtime swim in the other day, and uh, nice. yeah, just going to change up my routine routine a little bit. That's lovely. Uh, now, a enterprise account director at LinkedIn. I know that that's not all you do, but can you just give us a little insight into uh, what that really means and what else you you have going on in your career? Yeah, absolutely. So what my role entails is working with um, clients of LinkedIn. So my clients are within the recruitment industry and they utilize um, our products in order to help them find great candidates um, for business development and also to help them build brand awareness and maybe find new opportunities as well as upskilling their staff. Um, So there's a whole host of things that I work with my clients on. I've been with LinkedIn nearly 10 years, which is kind of a scary number, but, and I've been in a sales role, which again, if you had told me kind of 10, 12 years ago, I would work in sales, I would have said, oh, sales, like that kind of sounds like a bit of a, a dirty word. And 
What essentially I do is um, I just help businesses solve problems that they have or help them take advantage of opportunities that they want. So it's really about dealing with people um, and, yeah, getting to work with fun people like Emily. So I love it. And another thing that you have in your life is the Australian Women in Recruitment, would you call it a network or a a community of people, and that you're a co-founder of that group. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So about two, um, two and a half years ago, two of my colleagues were having a chat that they thought there was a gap in the market um, for some sort of network to be created. And they asked me to get involved because I'm quite good on the event organization side of things and actually getting shit done. So um, I got involved at that point and it really kind of fit into I suppose what I enjoy. So, um, you know, I'm a big proponent of women supporting women, um, at looking at opportunities, um, overcoming imposter syndrome and limiting beliefs. And one of the things that we found when we actually started looking, so obviously as LinkedIn, we've got a huge amount of data that we have available to us, is that we could see that women enter the recruitment industry in the same numbers as men. But that started to invert Um, As people went further up the ladder, um, there tended to be less women in those leadership positions. So what we wanted to do was to create a network where we would um, bring people together um, and support the um, current and future female leaders of the recruitment industry through conversation and community, because we're big believers in, you know, if you can see it, it, it becomes a reality, but also you don't know who's going to become your next boss or your next co-worker or maybe just who might spark an idea. Um, so trying to create that community. And I love that um, concept of community and even how I guess that's different in some ways from uh, networking. Can you just talk to me a bit about what is why do you believe in the value of, of creating that community and network for your profession? I think... If you look back years and, yeah, there's so much about, you know, all boys clubs and like golfing societies and, you know, the decisions that are made about your career or happen in rooms that you are not in um, and all these type of things. So for a long time, I think women maybe haven't had some of the same opportunities as men to maybe create these communities. And I think women are really actually good at creating community. We do, you know, we, we come together, we make friends quite easily. We, we, we kind of cut through the chit chat quite quickly and we, and we, we, we become, you know, we get to know each other. Um, And why I think it's important is I think it's important to understand that other people feel the same as you. I think imposter syndrome is such a huge, huge thing for everyone you know across men and women but in particular for women and oftentimes if you do see somebody up on stage and you know they're killing it giving a presentation or you know you see a boss who's all glossy with perfect hair and you're like wow I could never be like that because my hair's always you know stuck up in a ponytail and I can't (laughs) wear heels and I always say the wrong thing and I'm not eloquent and I hate crowds but then when you actually start to hear the story behind those people you know, nearly every single one of them has the same fears or they've overcome those fears or they've come up with coping tactics. So I think by understanding that nobody starts out perfect and nobody started out as a CEO or as a director and that they worked their way up and they worked their way through things, it's really important to help you believe that, you know, it's possible for you too. And was networking, I mean, 
it's changed now with COVID. So Mm -hmm. a lot more uh, online events happening. I'm starting to see some in-person events coming back into the calendar and and hopefully that will only continue. But can you just talk to us a little bit about, I guess, more broadly that role that networking events or or sort of building relationships, how, how has that looked for you? Did you go to other events before you had the Australian Women in Recruitment Network available? Has it opened opportunities up for you? How has it come to life? Yeah, absolutely. So it's something I think over you know, probably my whole career, you know, through university and different things, I always like to get involved in, um, in different organisations. Um, and I, I just like, you know, I don't know if it's been busy, but, I, you know, I, I like events. I like meeting people. So um, anytime that there's been an opportunity to, to go to something, I, I tend to say yes. Um, really luckily, as part of LinkedIn, we have an organization called Connected Women, which is a number of the technology companies um, that come together once a quarter, getting great speakers highlight some really interesting things that are happening in the industry. Um, so I used to love attending those events, you know, getting to meet peers from other companies, getting to hear from, you know, these incredible speakers, getting to be nosy and go into these companies' offices and, you know, see, see what they were like. I feel um, like that so when I visit your office. You have a cool <laughs> office. Uh, hopefully we can have you in again yeah. soon. Um, but, yeah, so it's always been something that that I've really enjoyed. And, and then that that was one of the things, one of the impetuses to start um, Australian Women in Recruitment is we felt so fortunate as LinkedIn employees, but also kind of our, within the wider tech industry that we got so many um, opportunities to hear from some really interesting and inspirational people that we wanted to give that back to the recruitment industry, which had given us all so much in our careers. Um, I'm not a former recruiter, but my colleagues um, are former recruiters. So, you know, it's an industry we've grown up in and we just wanted to give something back to it as well. And um, yeah, it's been really good. <laughs> Clara, it's in- interesting hearing you talk about that your love of meeting people and kind of connecting. Mm-hmm. On the flip side of that, because I know a lot of people have barriers when it comes to or feel a bit anxious about networking. I think of um, all the introverts out there who are like, I, I hate small talk and I oh, yes. I hate um, <laughs> introducing myself. And I, I just think that's such a real barrier for so many people. And for me, Personally, I, I do like meeting people, but I hate the awkwardness of small talk. Oh, and if you think about an event in particular, to walk into a room where it's one thing to feel like the person on stage or with the microphone is glossy, as you've described, but it's even just the people in the room where they all seem, it feels like they all seem to know each other and yeah. they know what to do. And you can be walking in, particularly early on, not knowing. As, especially what if you're to do. solo. And so, how yes. do you overcome? the barriers or what are the, some of those strategies to to kind of uh, get past the maybe the awkwardness or the daunting nature of networking, p- potentially if you're an introvert or an extrovert, um, to actually leverage the value that comes with those connections? Yeah, absolutely. And look, I still walk into those rooms and kind of go, oh, take a deep breath, who am I going to talk to? Um, so even though I love meeting people, that does seem kind of like a, a slightly foreign or weird way of doing it sometimes. If you can bring a friend or a colleague, I think that's always a really good first, you know, that, that's a nice way to do it. The only caveat is, and I know I've been guilty of this, is sometimes if you go in like a gang, you kind of keep to your own little gang in the corner and you don't right. really talk to anyone else, which 
takes away the the purpose. But if you're at an event like that, everyone's there for the same reason. Everyone's there because they have a similar interest in either what's being you know discussed or because they want to meet new people. So I've never found that if somebody either comes up to me or if I've gone up to other people that, you know, it's been shut down. I also live by, I heard this quote, um, a a friend of mine told me this a couple of years ago, and I think it's so relevant and it's um, a rule of thirds. And it was this, he met this guy on a plane who who was going on an organized holiday and he he did it every year that he went on these kind of trips. And my friend was like, well, what if you don't like the people on the trip? And he was like, well, I've kind of figured out, you know, a third of people I really like, you know, they're the type of people that I'd probably be friends with in, you know, in my normal life. A third of people are fine. You know, they're pretty okay. A third of people I probably just don't really like, or we don't really have anything in common, but there'll always be two thirds of people that I do like and I do get on with. And I find that's pretty true, you know, in any kind of place in life. So if you can find the two thirds of people that are willing to chat to you, maybe you say, do you mind if I sit here? People start talking. Um, with our events as well, we actually start, we try to do different kind of icebreakers to get people to mingle and get to know each other. So we did things, um, we did a bingo game, um, we did different cards that had like different things and people had to kind of find people with matching one. So um, sometimes we force it. And I think as an organizer, you do probably have a little bit of responsibility to help people network because... As you said, yes, you know, some of us are introverts, some of us are extroverts, but it, it's not na- it's not overly natural for people to walk into a room and just find that person that they connect with. Yeah, and I love I love just the concept of the organizer does have some, I suppose, responsibility for that. And I think for us as an individual, there is obviously some of those practical strategies. And and you're I feel like you're a good networker. Do you have things that you go in and go, this is what I'm gonna do? What a good question. So I was meant to be turning up and asking Clara all the questions and now you're asking me. Uh, I think for me, one of the biggest tricks has been, and I do try, I guess if I've thought about what advice have I given others in the past, try to pick a group or um, a network and consistently go to those events. Yeah, so right. rather than, it, it doesn't necessarily help you at the first event, maybe it kind of helps you at the second, but rather than going to random events run by different organisers all over the spot or uh, sort of ad hoc attendance at events, if you can consistently go, it actually only takes a few events a few months in a row and you're known and you are somebody that's a familiar face. And I guess when it comes to networking and relationships, if you appear to be transactional, like you're just turning up once or you're only turning yeah, yeah. It, people are going to think, oh, well, will they be back? Should I bother investing my time in talking to that person? Whereas if you've been there a few times, you, you'll find that the organisers and others who attend regularly, in my experience, will be more inclined to... Um, invest their time in you and you actually have a conversation starter because you can say oh I came to the event last month and I found this was really great about it I hope the same thing happens tonight so that shared experience starts to build as well and I yeah go Clara yeah no I, I would say absolutely and, and I think another thing is and I know I've been guilty of this in in an evening class I did in the past where I would come in the moment it started and I would leave the moment it ended because I didn't feel very comfortable and I didn't really want to have those awkward conversations. So I think if you, you know, 
you have to come a little bit early. You have to be willing to stay at the end to help form those kind of relationships as well, rather than uh, just be in and out very quickly. And I guess being observant of the room and looking out for people, like especially that first time I found if I'm observing the room and seeing someone else looks a little bit like me and I can be like, I'm awkward over here being (laughs) awkward, but actually finding those people and and they're in the same spot Mm. knowing they're in, and I'm just going to go and kind of take that step out and say, Hey, I'm, I'm Shelly. And you get that introduction and just monitoring the room to see, is there someone that looks a little bit like me. That's All of a, bit- a sudden you're a lifesaver yeah. and they will cling on to you, which then solves your problem as well, which yeah. is so great. But I agree. And I, I found also often when you walk in, there's someone from at least one or two people that have organised it at the door and maybe handing out a name badge or just letting you know what's happening. It's okay to call it out and say, now, hi, nice to meet you. This is my first event. Yeah, great. You know, where should I go from here? And I, I would hope that the organiser, and they love networking, that's why they spend their spare time doing this, they will actually say, oh, awesome, okay, so you've got drinks over here, we'll get started in about 10 minutes um, and let me introduce you to Tom. Like yeah. in an ideal world that happens but it's more likely to happen. I think you increase your chances of them making that first introduction for you if you actually call out, hey, I've not been to one of these events before. I don't know anybody. Whereas if you walk in like, you know, going to look after yourself, they'll maybe be less inclined to do that. So a couple yeah, of that's great tips advice. and tricks. Yeah, really good. What about internal networking? And I think it's probably irrelevant. The size of a business is irrelevant, but particularly in LinkedIn, huge company. Uh, I'm sure you all have a shared value for networking, uh, given the nature of what what you do. But you also mentioned earlier, Clara, this idea of there are these conversations that happen in rooms that you're not necessarily in. And so much goes on. It's no different to the external advertising world in regards to job opportunities. So many job opportunities or career opportunities are not made publicly available. They happen through conversations behind the scenes. What's your experience or what opinion do you have on the importance of internal networking. You've been in your business for 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I I think it's so important. And I think it is something that, you know, as businesses get bigger, and so I've been with LinkedIn nine and a half years, well, just over nine years at this point. I started my career in Ireland. Um, At the time, there was only 100 people in the office. By the time I moved to Australia two and a half years later, there was 600 people in the office. Um, And Ireland was also where all the international um, or all the European inductions happened. So every two weeks, there would be new people um, coming in for a couple of days. So especially in my first year, um, they were always saying, hey, who wants to come to the activity that we have on for the new hires? And then there'll be like maybe drinks and a meal afterwards. And I had actually just moved back to Dublin. I'd lived overseas for a couple of years. So I was quite happy as a way of getting to meet people um, and getting to know people. So that really helped me get to know people who were a lot more senior than me at the time. Um, I, I started in the most junior role that you can start at in LinkedIn and you know I was going and doing these different activities like bongo drumming and what's the thing you can't do anymore the guy fell off the cliff um oh you know and the bike not the bike thing 
Oh, I, I have know. no idea. I'm not very active. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I saw that. I looked at Shelly. Em's looking at me going, Shelly has no but idea. I saw the look in her eyes just going, you've lost me. <laughs> I've got to do like lots of different activities um, with people who, you know, were maybe, you know, who've now become senior leaders and I've kept relationships with them throughout the course of my career. Um, I would also say the thing is like not to be, not to be scared of senior leaders. I, I think sometimes we look at them very deferentially as if like, oh, wow, you know, this person is perfect and they're up here, but they're only people. And in pre-COVID times, you know, when we were all in offices, you know, it, it's asking them how their weekend was, you know, as you're making a cup of tea or, um, you know, chatting to them as if they're a human rather than always trying to impress them. Um, another thing um, I, I know we've I've been told in the past was, you know, if you did with a really senior person, if you did get you know 30 seconds with them, what would you want them to know about you? So how can you make that impression? Um, I do believe building a brand is really important and it's not just up to you, which is sometimes difficult. So I think you have to just, you have to understand what your brand is and decide if that's what you want it to be. And if it's not, then there are steps you can take to maybe change that. But then it's also ensuring that you're, manager and other leaders are supporting you um, so that when those conversations are happening they're like Clara did a great job on our team of running this meeting maybe she should come and do it for your team too and just letting other leaders know um, who you are I, I do think it's a little bit more difficult with working from home at the moment I think we have to be more thoughtful and proactive about how we have those little moments of kind of conversation and highlighting people and I think that's that's something that we're really good at internally in LinkedIn is you know we highlight the good things that people are doing so emails will be sent all around the business to say this person has you know achieved this thing in terms of their quota or this person has you know won an award or this person's doing this amazing thing Um, and we recognize people at our all hands every month as well so they're kind of how you build a brand and then building the network is just keeping relationships with people. Um, How I moved to Australia was through, um, I I decided I wanted to move overseas and I was told the way our business operates was it was more senior people were in our UK office. And I was told I would need at least another two or three years experience before I could move to the UK. And I was like, right, well, I'm not really willing to wait two or three years. So why don't I just moved to the other side of the world and moved to Australia where they had roles at the same level. But it was through one of those colleagues I had met during one of those inductions that she helped me understand, um, you know, who was who in Australia, who I needed to talk to. My manager then got involved. um, And that was how I ended up moving here. And she actually picked me up from the airport when I arrived as well. So yeah, I'm a, I definitely think building those, networks and building those relationships internally within your company are really important. And I love that example of how, you know, possibly a few years earlier that you've kind of made that connection with someone, not in a transactional way, but just in a genuine wanting to get to know people. But then later on down the track, it opens up other opportunities that you wouldn't have ever forecast or kind of planned for this big move to Australia. But I think that's such a great case in point of why this type of thing is really important for opening up doors that you wouldn't have otherwise planned for. Absolutely. And I think, Shelley, like on that point, I think it's so important 
to give without respecting to get. Yes. And one of, you know, I, and, and, and it's not giving everything, but, you know, it, it's just being available, being around, giving advice, giving expertise. On the flip side, I also think it's really important to ask for what you want. So it's kind of, you know, two, two slightly different things, but sometimes people don't know that you want to move to Australia. So somebody's not going to come and tap you on the shoulder in Dublin and be like, hey, would you like to move to Sydney? Um, unless you kind of tell them that, you, that, you know, that that's something that you might be interested in. Um, but also, you know, to give um, without the expectation of getting anything in return. We're big fans of having a conversation and this idea that nobody's a mind reader. So, uh, here, here to that. The other comment I'll make, and um, not to take us too far back in the conversation, but I've actually found that it's not quite the same as the water cooler chat that you get when you're all working in the office. But even if you were to log on to your Zoom meeting five minutes early, there's usually someone else there or a couple of other people there five that's minutes early great. as well. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's a really. I haven't thought. To, uh, I haven't thought to do that because I, I avoid small talk. <laughs> but actually, <laughs> that is a really yeah. good good way around the current dilemma we have you don't have the making a cup of coffee and getting to talk to someone five or ten minutes there's always someone else there oh so good so you can still squeeze some of that small talk in and you can say to people how's your day going and they will tell you something useful more often than not asking questions I think asking questions is one of the best strategies as opposed to I think sometimes people go into these conversations with that mindset of what, what can I get out if there if there's a senior leader and it's this opportunity, um, I think asking them questions and showing genuine interest in them mm-hmm. is always going to be a favourable experience. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely. Hey, uh, we need to take a break here and then when we come back, we're going to talk I think a little bit more about LinkedIn and how we can actually connect all of this really good work that we're doing to the online world to the internet. Woohoo. Woohoo. Money, property, careers, health, small business. We love learning how to do all of these well so we can live our best life. That's why we've made podcasts focused on a variety of topics. Check out My Millennial Money, My Millennial Money Express, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Health, My Millennial Business, Gen Z Money, and You to Me, You to You, You to Us, which is just about sexual and reproductive health. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. All right, we're back, Clara. Let's now unpack LinkedIn a little further. So this is probably going to make you feel like you're doing your day job. Uh, You can school us all up. But uh, do you mind, let's just start with the basics. What is LinkedIn? Why does it exist? And 
what value can it actually add when we're trying to build our own dream career? Yeah, so LinkedIn is um, it's actually 17 years old now. So it's been around um, quite a while. And what it is, is an online network. Originally, it started off as you know, a way to connect with, with, your, with your colleagues or sort of an online Rolodex. Um, and that's evolved and changed over the years. So our vision is to create economic opportunity for the global workforce. And then our mission is to connect the world's professionals to make them more productive and successful. So if we think of what that means on a day-to-day basis, so for example, you know, it's helping people find their dream job, it's helping people be better at the job that they're currently in, it's helping salespeople identify leads, it's helping recruiters identify candidates and clients, it's allowing businesses to build brand. As an individual, it gives you so much scope. So for example, let's say I'm a student and I'm thinking, what am I going to study in uni? Or what, you know, post-uni, what do I want to do? You know, maybe I've got a business degree, where do I go from here? And it can help you kind of join the dots of like what other people have done post that, you know, degree or um, university that they've gone to, what type of companies are hiring people with skills like you, um, what type of industries will allow you to like nerd up on particular industries um, or in companies um, on different topics. And I think why it's important is it allows you to showcase who you are in a professional context. So if we think about most of us have, you know, an Instagram, Facebook, Twitter accounts, um, if you kind of bucket them into different areas of your life. Facebook tends to be family and friends. I know maybe it's not used as much um, anymore. Instagram, again, is kind of the glossy reel of, you know, your holiday snaps and Saturday night and maybe some gym pics or some nice, uh, you know, Saturday morning breakfasts and things like that. And then LinkedIn is just showcasing who you are and who you want to be as a professional. So it's giving you that digital map of where you've come from. It's allowing you to connect with people you know, with your colleagues, with people you may potentially uh, would like to know um, as well, and really putting out who you are um, there. So profile is the first place to start. You have you know, a, a profile in your likeness that's telling you, you know, that's saying where you've been educated or you know what, what type of experiences you have. And then you start to connect with people, you follow companies, and then it becomes kind of an online um, network that allows you to, to spot opportunities and learn about what's going on in your industry. Great. And, and, and does everyone need a LinkedIn presence in this current uh, day or is it just more for certain industries? Because I've, I've heard friends of, a, lot, a number of friends of mine have no LinkedIn presence, obviously, but hearing you talk about how many opportunities can come out of it, is it for everyone or, or just mainly certain industries? Yeah, I would absolutely say it's for everyone. And again, I think that's something that has maybe changed a little bit over the years, where, um, you know, a number of years ago, it was probably quite professional, white collar um, type of roles that were um, quite active on LinkedIn. We've seen a really big change, um, especially in Australia over the last couple of years. So areas like healthcare, areas like construction are really active on LinkedIn. And why I would say it's important to be on there is, our lives are also dig- digitalized now is if you don't appear on LinkedIn, essentially you don't exist when maybe recruiters are looking to find you. Maybe, you know, when if you're 
um, if you run your own company, if somebody's doing a search and saying, okay, I need to find somebody who's going to landscape my garden, for example. It's a way of actually understanding who that person is, who else they're connected with and finding them. So it's giving that presence and it's allowing you to showcase that work as well. So absolutely, I would say it's really important for everybody to have a profile. So as a recruiter, I have absolutely said, this person's not on LinkedIn, they don't exist. Like <laughs> it's it's true. I go looking for them straight away and it it really counts for something and it's so bizarre if you can't find it them. It is weird, but it's interesting like where you uh, it's good hearing what you say about health and construction and some of those um, industries being more present because I have found even some of my friends are like, gee, is LinkedIn your preferred social media choice because you're always <laughs> on there? And I'm like, it, it, it is weird when you're trying to find people and then they're just they're absent. But I think it's about why are you there and what well, – I love how you even said in your profile it should be in your likeness. Like it's about who you are and then having that kind of presence to create those opportunities. And I love this word, Clara, that you keep using of showcase. Like that's such a nice word. So – it's not about self-promotion or I know we've had lots of conversations in the past, Shell and I, about feeling quite uncomfortable talking about yourself. But to, I lo- that word showcase, I think, is just a really nice way to work out, well, what are you actually putting on there? It's just about putting your best foot forward. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing that one of my pet peeves is... Here we go. Now we're really... (laughs) Now we're warming you up. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, is... So, first off, a profile should be in, you know, the first person. It shouldn't be... Oh, that is so good. Third person is so awkward, isn't it? (laughs) It is. Because we know you wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) And then the other thing is... Your profile isn't your resume, so it doesn't necessarily, so while it should give, you know, an overview of your career and where you've come from, remember, like, how I say it, if you met somebody in real life, would you use the words and what you say in your profile? So would you go, hi, I'm the number one salesperson and blah, blah, blah. I've hit 150% of my quota every single year. And I also have, like, all these, like, different keyword jargon. No, you wouldn't, you know, that like that just sounds so ridiculous. I love so that. How can you highlight what you've done without maybe being really explicit? So nobody wants to, you know, work with a salesperson because they're the best salesperson in the world. Their clients want to work with them because they care about their clients, that they get the best solutions for their clients. So it's thinking about those type of things. So get rid of jargon, get rid of like lists of acronyms and keywords recruiters will find you if they want to find you you know don't don't worry (laughs) um but um yeah so I would say just just have it how you ever you speak in real life that's what your profile should be and also with your profile photo so however you go to work and however you go to meetings and whatever your work is that's what your profile picture should look like so if you don't wear a suit and tie going to a meeting don't wear a suit and tie on your LinkedIn profile if you don't wear a wedding dress going to a meeting don't wear a wedding dress on your LinkedIn profile. Uh, I'm a bit worried. <laughs> I'm a bit worried about what working from home is going to do to everyone's LinkedIn profile photos now. <laughs> I saw this girl on LinkedIn had posted a new photo of her. She took down her profile picture, put up something of going, "This is me now. I've got my hair. It's curly. I've, I'm not blow drying my hair. I've got a big smile on my face. I'm wearing a t-shirt, and this is me at work." And I thought, good on her. Mm. Just keeping it real. Totally. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think, I mean, I know, Emily, we were laughing before this that every time we catch up in Zoom, I look like a scruff. And uh, (laughs) if we were having these meetings in real life, I'd probably be making a little bit more of an effort. Um, But, you know, I definitely think that authenticity and, you know, especially within our generation as millennials, like being authentic is so important. Um, I remember a couple of years ago reading an article where, a guy had taken multiple LinkedIn profile pictures and some of them were like, you know, suit and tie, you know, looking straight at the camera. And then others were, you know, more casual t-shirts, smiling. And he used different ones to kind of for an experiment and he didn't get this one job. And the question was, uh, or he didn't even get an interview. And I think they were like, well, he doesn't look like he'd fit in here. Like we're not really a suit and tie type of organization. You know, we're much more casual. And, you know, while I don't want to say that, you know, people should judge a book by its cover or by its photo, people do want to see just a smiling face. Like, you know, who are you? Be yourself. You know, maybe not scruff, maybe like, maybe do your hair a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I don't think there's any need for formality. But on the flip side, you know, I don't want to see you sitting there, you know, with a, with kind of a, a can in your hand and, uh, you know, sitting down the local pub. That's not who you are in a professional context necessarily either. So, Clara, you've told us, I guess, some of those pet peeves, like the third person bio. Can you tell us any other, I love people, hearing people's pet peeves, any others that you're like, please, whatever you do, do not do this on LinkedIn? Uh, you know, I think there is a number of things to remember. So it is a professional network. And while the world of work has changed a lot in the last couple of years and become a lot more casual, you should still behave on LinkedIn as you would behave in whatever professional context you work in. I think it's also worthwhile remembering while your profile is yours and you own it, you're being a brand ambassador for whatever company you work for you know, on on LinkedIn as well. So it will say where you work. So I think, you know, one piece of advice to to live by is like, if you wouldn't want your mom or your boss to see it in the Sunday newspapers, you know, don't do it. So, and that goes to, you know, messaging people. So remember, you know, to be professional when you're messaging people, um, when you're commenting on people's um, stories or profile, you know, things, things that people are putting up there. Remember that, you know, that is up there and that that can be seen by prospective bosses, by your current boss, by your clients. Um, and just make sure that that's something that you want them to, to do. Another thing, um, I'm not really a big fan and I think we've, people have got bigger you know those puzzles it's like how many triangles can you see in this pyramid and you know what's this number puzzle um they're kind of pointless but you know and the more people comment on them the more the algorithm thinks that people are interacting with them so um I would say if you don't like them don't comment because that fuels it you're saying so Uh, please don't comment on them because you don't want to We'll yeah. sign up, start a petition for shutting those down. I know what you're saying. I feel like maybe they're better suited to Facebook, for example. Like then they don't really fit with the world of careers. Yeah. And look, I mean, that's not to say you can't have fun. Some of my favorite things are, you know, pictures of office dogs or when people's kids come into the office or celebrations. Mm. So absolutely that personal side. Um, but yeah, just make you know, make sure that it's some sort of adding value. Then the other thing I would say is don't connect to people you don't know unless you are, have a value add or you're looking for a value add. So 
you should really only connect with your friends, family, colleagues, people that you've met. So for example, after this, Shelley, I'll collect, connect with you. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, but if, for example, I really wanted to come on the podcast and you know I didn't know either of you, maybe I might send you an in-mail or maybe I'd send a connection request saying, hey, look, this is my background. I think we've lots of things in common. I think it'd be really interesting for us to have a conversation about you know what we're both doing because we've got commonalities. That's absolutely okay. Don't, you know, make sure that when you're messaging people as well, that it's relevant so that, it, you know, I'm not a senior leader in LinkedIn. I don't make decisions over what software we use or, you know, where, where investments get made. And oftentimes I'll get messages from people saying, hey, do you want to do this? And I'm like, you've got the wrong person. So I think it's just being really specific and thoughtful about what you're actually doing so whether that's connecting with people or whether that's in-mailing um people just just think about what you're trying to get out of it and is there a value for for both people recruiters use linkedin a lot and uh i know a lot about that and clara you know a lot about that should we spend a little bit of time i i just wonder whether maybe our listeners are probably thinking what what is true about what recruiters do on linkedin and and some people seem to just think it's this mis- like quite mysterious thing. I don't know, Shell, if you're yes, a little bit it's of an like outsider, the, the you've got a secret like- life of recruiters. <laughs> and let's just go there and look at. Oh, that you would know. be very interesting TV show. I'd, uh, I'd watch that. I think it's so <laughs> fun, actually. So t- tell us, because I'm I, I do internal HR, so I'm not in the world of recruitment. Tell us all the secrets that happen, all the LinkedIn background stuff that's going on when we're recruiting. Look. Recruiters absolutely use LinkedIn to find people, um, but they also use LinkedIn to check people out. So, for example, uh, and you should jump in and, and sort of really add to this, Clara, but in my experience, we might have people applying for jobs that we're advertising, so they'll just be coming to us. Uh, and the first thing that we'll do is jump on and, and have a look on LinkedIn and, and see what they're all about, try and gather some more information about who they are beyond just a resume. So there's certainly that component to it, but more value comes from being able to, if we've got a role or we think that we might have a client who will have a role in the future, actually go out and find talent that we we think could add some value there and then stay connected with them over time. So the other piece um, that I really love about LinkedIn is absolutely once you've had that initial introduction, you've made that connection, LinkedIn gives you the ability and this is translatable outside of being a recruiter. It gives you the ability to make sure that you've still got that person in your network. You've got them in your little black book. You can see what they're up to over time and you can feel a sense of connection. It is, you know, I don't want to continue to make too many comparisons between Facebook and LinkedIn, but I know that often with social media in general, in a personal sense, you can have these people that you know and maybe you haven't seen them for years, but you still feel a sense of connection to them because you feel like you know what's going on in their life. And I think from a professional point of view, I've certainly got value out of that from LinkedIn and we do have tools that uh, I guess are souped up versions to allow us to find talent as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I would think from a an individual perspective, like that's why the profile is so important because 
when a recruiter is doing a search um, in, in our backend, which is also called Recruiter, um, they will be searching on different facets. So they might be saying, hey, we're looking for somebody in Newcastle who has X number of years experience, works in this industry, um, and maybe has something else as well. And then that will bring up that list of people that they can see, okay, these are the 25 people that match that criteria. Um, well, actually, we know Joe Bloggs you know, we don't want to talk to him or we do want to talk to him um, and then Mary blogs and you can create a list. So when you think about your profile, it's really important to list out the different types of experiences you have, you know, the different companies you've worked for, but also think a little bit outside the box. So um, things like um, volunteering. So, you know, what are the, because oftentimes it might be skill searches that recruiters do as well. So what are the type of skills that you may have gained volunteering that you don't get in your day-to-day job, but maybe you want to transition from one role to another type of role. You also just don't know what's going to, you know, make somebody click with you. So an animal lover might see that, you know, you volunteer at an animal shelter. You know, they might be like, oh, my God, you know, we see that you, you know, work at this animal shelter. We'd love to talk to you because we're actually about to do you know, this or you you don't know who the person's client is. I remember a couple of years ago um, I was working with a client and they were looking for salespeople who had specific um, experience with coffee and I was like okay this is kind of going to be interesting but we actually found this like you know niche coffee lovers group on LinkedIn that had all these salespeople as members of it and then that was how you know they found some really good talent um, for their clients as well so having a fully built out profile is one of the most important things that you can do to ensure that recruiters can find you And then I would say, you know, if you are open and looking for work, there's two things you can do. So you can say that you're looking for roles, that you're open to a new job and your employer can't see this. So it's only seen by people who have access to this recruiter license. Even if your organization does have a recruiter license, they can't see anybody within their own organization who's open, who's open to opportunity. Since COVID, we've actually also changed it to also have an open to work sticker as there were, you know, there'd been more people um, out of work due to COVID. So that actually appears on your profile, on your profile picture. So that's more if you're really actively looking for a new role and you're okay with everybody knowing that. But I think definitely um, check out the LinkedIn blog, blog blog.linkedin.com or jobs.linkedin.com and that will give you some really good insight into those things as well. That's great, Clara. And I'm just interested where a recruiter reaches out to you. So the, so you've got your profile sorted. You have all those keywords that are going to come up when uh, recruiters are searching. A recruiter reaches out and says, hey, got this job, just kind of seeing if, if this is something you're interested in. What would you expect? And M, same for you question. Um, what would you expect in terms of responsiveness? How, does, how should you be responding whether you're looking for jobs or not? That's a really good question. I'm a big fan of how how good the email is and how much effort, you know, how much effort. So there's some really great recruiters out there. And I know I've gotten some really good emails over the years where um, people have really taken time and they're very specific to me and they make sense. Those people, I will always, you know, email back straight away and either say, look, I'd like to have a conversation or I wouldn't like to have a conversation. I know I heard recently that, um, somebody's boss told them you should always have the conversation um, even if you're happy in your role because 
you're making a connection, you're learning what else is out there. And it's kind of like reestablishing that, hey, this is where I want to be. I know I've had a couple of conversations over the years um, and they've always reiterated that I want to stay at LinkedIn. But with, with the bad emails, everybody re- re- deserves a response. You know, treat the person how you would like to be treated. So if it's something you're just not interested in and maybe it, it, you know, they haven't been as exact in terms of your experience. Like, feel free to go back and say, look, sorry, no, thank you. I'm not interested in this. And also my career has gone down this direction. Um, but, you know, I think within a couple of days, you should be getting back to people. But there might be something that you forget in six months later and, you know, that role won't be available. But you might go back to that recruiter and say, hey, you emailed me a couple of months ago about this role. I wasn't in, you know, on the market then, but now I'd love to hear about, you know, what you're seeing happen in the industry. Um, and most recruiters will be totally open to having that conversation at that point as well. Yeah, I agree with everything you've just said. And I would add that the way I try to approach any sorts of conversations like this that are online is to think, what would you do if you were standing in front of them? And if somebody, even if they were in that third of people that you don't really vibe with, if you were at a networking event and they said, hello, how was your day? You would not just turn around and walk away without saying anything. You would still just politely say, yeah, really well, thank you. Nice to meet you. And you'd probably wrap the conversation up as quickly as you could, but you do that in a way that did not damage any relationships. And if anything, you might still connect with them on LinkedIn because you just never know what opportunity they might have in the future. And that's such a good point, Em. You do never know, you know, six months, one year, two years down the track when that relationship is going to be really important. Mm. Like I think – even we always laugh about how we connected, yes. which is over LinkedIn about uh, years ago, job or something um, that you reach out to me about. But you just never know what's going to happen. And so actually treating that person with this sense of this might not be right for me right now, but I'm going to engage in a way that sets me up for a conversation or connection later on. And I don't know if you would uh, agree with this, Clara, but in my experience, recruiters have really good memories. Like really good memories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. There'll be this like, I'm sure, you know, I hear it around my office all the time. I'm sure I've had something to do with that person before. And then you go and look up, you know, you search them on LinkedIn and your message in your emails or you find them on the database and you're like, oh, that's right. Yep. I spoke with them in 2015, just briefly. We shared one message back and forth, but you just know. <laughs> and you're probably like, yes, I spoke to them. I got really good vibes off that person or yes, I spoke to them bad vibes. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> just, you remember. Oh, because it's the business we're in. We're in the business of connecting with people and opening up opportunities. So... Yeah, we remember. That's all, that's actually good to know. If you're out there <laughs> right now, you're listening, recruiters remember. We never forget. <laughs> oh, awesome. dear. Yeah, I think it's worthwhile, you know, remembering as well that, you know, recruiters will be reaching out to a lot of people yes. because, you know, they have to cast their, their, their net, you know, relatively wide in order to, you know, find out what's out there, to talk to people. So, you know, don't be offended if, you know, you're, three colleagues at work have all received an in-mail as well it's probably because you guys all have similar backgrounds if you're all doing the same role maybe the same time same type of skills you all fit the criteria that the recruiter is looking for so um it's a it's a first conversation and um I think that's what's really important as well is like you know find out more because it's really easy to say no but what if you find out a little bit more and 
it leads to a great opportunity either now or in the future. That's awesome. Now, we can obviously find you on LinkedIn, unsurprisingly. So I think although uh, there was one of the, the tips today was meet people before you connect with them or know them before you connect with them. There was also the caveat that if you can add some value, it's okay. So I would recommend that if you're listening to this, you like what you're hearing from Clara, I'm sure she wouldn't mind if you reached out and connected, but it needs to come with a message, an email message that says, hey, (laughs) I heard you on My Millennial Career or hey, I'd love to hear more about Australian women in recruitment and it's personalised then. Can you tell us where can we find out about Australian women in recruitment and maybe attend an event if it's relevant? Yeah, so absolutely. So we um, have a LinkedIn page, Australian Women in Recruitment, and we also have an Instagram page. And we will be running more online events in the very near future. Love it. So good. Thank you so much, Clara. It's so good to have you on the show. I feel like we could have talked for so long. So uh, thanks for giving us your time, Em. That's okay. but, But just great to have you. And if you are listening on Apple, please be sure to subscribe, rate and review. We love your feedback. So jump on, do that now. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, thanks, Clara. Thanks, Shell. Thanks, Emily. Thanks, Shelley. See ya. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.